0: All right, in Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Well, I'm going to read verse 18 too. It says, but the path of the just, and we know what that means, all of us, uh, as as the body of Christ, his church, we've been cleared of all guilt and condemnation. We've been justified. So the path of those that are just in Christ is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. And of course, that that perfect day, thank God, we have him in us right now. Now here's verse 20, 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep your heart, and heart here is lay, but your mind. You need to understand that this morning. Mind. So the mind has to do first and foremost with the initiation of the thought life. We want to keep that in mind. So keep your mind... With all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So that's what that says now in Proverbs 23 and verse seven, 23 and seven. It says this 23 verse seven. For as he thinks in his heart, again, in his mind, so is he. Notice that? It's very important as he thinks. In his mind, so is he. That's what we want to see. Now we're going to turn to Colossians. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, If, then you be risen. So if it would be you are. If you're risen with Christ. If you're, in, you're with Christ, he's risen. We know that. So if, <clears throat> and you are, first class fulfilled condition of the word if, then seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your mind. Here, the word is not affections or emotions. We attribute affections to emotions and emotions to things that are affections. But here it's phreneo. Phreneo. And that word is mind. Set your mind, it says, on things above. Notice that. Not on things of the earth. For you died. You died. And your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, our life, will appear, then will you also appear with him in glory. The reason we want to bring this up is because, as as Proverbs 4 and verse 23, again, as it states, the keep means to guard, to guard, guard your mind. It says, with all diligence. Diligence, if we look at it in Hebrews 11 and verse 6, but it speaks of uh, diligence. It's pedazzo, and it means to do it quickly. Quickly guard your mind. Because our minds are so very sensitive. Very, very, very sensitive. And as we it has been shared to us recently in 1 Corinthians 14, 6-11, there are many voices, there are many projective, projected voices and, and reasonings in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5 these imaginations and reasonings that the mind can pick up if it's not guarded. We need to guard our minds, and that's why it says, because whatever goes in is what is ultimately going to come out. Even if it hasn't come out, can't come out in yet in behavior and conduct, it can affect us inwardly in our thought life. And so Again, Proverbs 23 and, and verse 7. So again, it says, as a man thinks in his mind, as the thought life is, as the thought life is in the mind. Okay. And so so what? So is he. So as a man thinks, so is he. Now this is very important, first and foremost, to have the right Thought We've said many times and been taught many, many times that Christ is the full thought of God. God never thinks towards you and I outside of who that we have been made to be in Christ. Never does. He never, ever does so. So he never thinks God's thought about us is never outside of Christ. It's very important to understand that. That's what makes the book of Ephesians and the epistle of Ephesians and the epistle to Colossians to be extremely important in understanding the very very foundation, the very ABCs of Christianity, and to be able to understand it in, 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 this, in this particular way and to continue to grow in it, to grow in it. And remember in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18, we are to grow in grace. Now that grace is, grace is who Christ Jesus is in John 1 and verse 14, and he is filled up with all of who God is. And every single thing about God has to do with grace and truth in Christ Jesus. It's what it has to do with. And so how we think and how we receive the word and how we think is, is the utmost importance. It is extremely important, our thought life and how we think because how we think will affect our emotions. And a lot of Christianity, because the thinking is not right, because the full thought is not completely and only Jesus Christ, then the mind, the thought life, initiates to the emotions, and a lot of what is taught is emotional. It's emotional. And we know our emotionals, or experience, We've been taught here by the pure grace of God, through his word, by the power of the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit takes that word and shows it unto us. We see very, very clearly how this operates. We can see this very, very clearly. Again, as we said, much, much of what is what is taught has nothing to do with the mind of truth. That's why, again, we we are taught, again, as... Is, is, was stated that even our good emotions our good experiences our experiences are not an indicator of our place in Christ they may be a result of it <laughs> but they're not an indicator they're not an indicator we can have good emotions but can they change in a heartbeat but does it but does the mind of truth ever change does it ever ever change never So God wants us to function in the mind of truth. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16. We have the mind of Christ. We are given the mind of Christ. We are given it, and it only comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is... Why? Many times, even as we were taught years ago, that the Holy Spirit is some kind of an anointing that comes on and affects your emotions. It's not true. It's not true. The Holy Spirit's function, now that we are sealed, in in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 22, and in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 5, now that we are sealed, in Ephesians 1, And 13 by the Holy Spirit. Now that we have been regenerated and by the Holy Spirit in Titus 3, 5 what the Holy Spirit does now his one and only function is to take the things of Christ, the mind of Christ, and shows it unto us. That's what happens. And that's what we are. But again, a lot of this bad teaching is left up to is the emotions. So, that as a Christian, if I feel bad that day, then God must think that way about me. (laughs) But, does God change his mind? Does he ever, in Job 36 and verse 7, does he ever remove his eye from the righteous? Never. He does not. That has to do with the mind of truth. That can even mean this. I may go to a specific area with a specific group of Christians and I may experience tremendous fellowship. But if I make that fellowship any less than the mind of truth and continue to live in those emotions of it, I will think that others need to be where I am to have what I have. <laughs> it's all based on the emotions, it's emotional. You see, we need to receive the mind of truth, okay, and not make it the emotions of the truth of self-interpretation. And this is very, very important for us. Now, now it's true that we all have to realize the freedom that we have in Christ. That's what Jesus said in John 8, 32. You'll know the truth, the truth will set you free, and you will be free indeed in John 8, verse 36. That's why Christ, again, gave us his special messenger to give us the truth uh, through that was Paul's, just as much ours, when he wrote Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1, when he wrote that. And I'm going to read that. I'll read that to you. King James Version here will say, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not again entangled to the yoke of bondage. My emotions can be a yoke of bondage. If I make that, if I make that the importance, if I identify, make my identity to be my emotions, then that can be some trouble. Because my emotions can be up one day and down the next, but truth always remains the same. That's Malachi 3.6, I'm the Lord your God, I change not. That's James 1 and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And then we have Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. You know, he's always been the mind of Christ. Uh, God and the Father have always had this exchange. Because remember, Jesus said, I and my Father are what? In John 10:30. we're one. They have one mind. Christ came to reveal the one mind in this affectionate exchange, of a love life that nothing could disturb or distract. You know, when I think his thoughts, when I have his thoughts, and I don't make his thoughts to be the thing that my emotions have to determine, that can get us into a lot of trouble, each and every one of us. But here, in Galatians 5, and verse 1, it says this, For freedom's sake, Christ sets you free, so be free. Because otherwise, you will function and become entangled, tripped up with the what? The yoke of bondage. And can my emotions, if I look to them, the height of what they are, the height of what they are, I mean, is God working in his church? Is he? In true local assemblies and in his people, in his people, is he working in them all over the place, all over the world? And he is. So I don't necessarily have to be in a place where a group of people are. That can even be termed, that can even be termed in the sense of when, and it's nothing wrong with people missing us. It's, there's not a thing wrong with that. But just because God is doing a work in a certain area and, the, and, 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 it's, and, it's, and people are experiencing it Okay, doesn't mean that all have to be in that one area to experience God. This is very important. Very very important. And and again, in that sense, in that sense we always we always can love one another and, and we always should in John 13:34 and 35. But here, the yoke of bondage can be what? It can be my my experience. It can be if I'm not yoked up to Christ, instantly, in Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty, and this is where the word comes in in Hebrews four and verse twelve, and separates self conscious living. Self conscious living for a believer just simply means that when I don't have the mind of truth, or when I have it but I interpret it through my emotions and my experience, it lowers. It lowers everything about. Myself, and it lowers Christ to my experience, and he's far above it. His love never changes and and love is 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 a determinative is a determination, a fixed decision of the will, God's will, and that is why he gave us his son, and so again, that yoke, that yoke can be experienced a lot of false teaching, the whole holiness movement teaching. The whole thing. You are, you are your feelings. And your feelings, your feelings <coughs> are the amount of who you are, of who you are. Now, in Galatians 5 and verse 2, it says, Behold, I Paul say unto you that if that if you be circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. In other words, and some would teach that now, now that we've received Christ, we've received his holiness. Well, Le- Leviticus eleven forty four and 45, and 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, it says, be you holy for I am holy. So what that means there is, is that through the thought life, through the thought life, through the initiation of the mind of Christ, through the preaching and teaching of the word, brought to us by the power and working of the Holy Spirit who takes the written word and when it's received this way, he makes it a life-giving force. This has to do with the mind of Christ. And not until my emotions are they right until I function in the mind of truth. Now, my emotions, I may stop. I, I may refuse the word of God, but does that word of God ever change? Does the mind of Christ ever change? It never does. Now my emotions might and my experience might. But when that happens, okay, I make myself the issue and not Christ. That's why we need to be extremely careful. We need to be very, very careful about these things. Because because again, it's, it's right to have Good emotions, you splagnos. It's good to have good emotions, okay? But again, where did they come from? The the initiation of a proper response. And honestly, it just means joy. It just means that we can experience the joy of the initiation of the mind of Christ. Now, this simply means, too, this keeps us free. This keeps us in the freedom. This is why the yoke is needed for us because it's a yoke of Christ that he's designed specifically for us in the intimacy of his desire for us in a relationship that nothing can disturb or distract. That's the yoke. We don't learn apart from it. That's Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30. Learn of me. And you will learn of me. But do we learn apart from a yoke? And when we don't have... And the yoke is the constant preaching and teaching of the Word of God that we must be dependent upon. Each of us. Each of us in our own individuality. And when we have that, then we don't enter into what? A yoke of bondage. Could even even the good emotions, apart from the mind of truth, could that be a yoke of bondage? Could it be? Yeah, because I could make that my experience that I want everyone else to have. (laughs) And boy, if they're not here and they're not experiencing what we are in this work that God's doing, I feel like they're missing something. I feel like I need more. I feel like I need more of us. And this is very, very critical to our understanding. Now, I have to possess, I have to possess in an experiential way, this freedom, this liberty that I have, but I must possess it. But do, but is it my emotions that possess me, or is it the mind of truth, Christ Himself through the Word, by the power of the Holy Spirit that controls me? Because if that's the case, then, then I can bring it as blessed as a, as a means of fellowship and blessedness to another. But if I don't possess it. If I truly don't possess it, then can I give it? Then even is it fellowship? Is it fellowship? So, there is a necessity then. There is a necessity that we have that sense of that freedom. But that realization has nothing to do with self. It has nothing to do with self's emotions. It has everything to do with the mind of truth everything this will keep out a lot of bad faults and evil teaching and make the emotions of a human being their very experience to be the determination of who god is what if my what if my experience is bad and so again when we do that when we make emotions to be to be the truth it's a very very, very subtle. And remember in Genesis 3, 1 and 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 3, Satan is very subtle. Very subtle. He knows way better than we do how sensitive we are. Now we can know it when the mind of Christ possesses us in our experience. We can know it. We can know it. But to think that we know it just like Jesus does and to think that I in my emotions can know it like he does, well then why does it say in Ephesians 3 in verse 19, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge? <laughs> we'll never come to the end of it. And so again, that's a, just a, a very subtle uh, self, a reflection of self and its dominance over me. You see this? When it's the emotions... And what does it do? What does what living in the emotions do? It lowers what? What does it lower? Our actual spirit, spiritual standing in Christ. Does my standing ever change? In Romans 5, 1 and 2. And standing speaks of position. Yes, but it is always my experience the equal of my position. No. But to make it to be so? Very, very subtle. Very, very subtle. We need to be careful of the emotions and the excitements. Yes, maybe God is doing a great work in a specific area. Maybe he is. And it's wonderful. And I wish you could be here. (laughs) We wish we all could be there. The best place to be is to function in the mind of Christ because it never changes. I am the Lord thy God, Malachi 3.6, I change not. And whatsoever God does, he does forever, is without change in Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 14. So, when it's my experience, when my experience becomes the object of my mind and not Christ, when that happens, what happens? I make self to be that object. I make self to be that object. That can even be in a good sense. We're having an awesome time here. It's incredible. Miss you, wish you were here. Really? And I can understand missing it in a proper sense and I understand that. But we need to be very careful about those things. Very, very, very careful. And not to make the great object to be self. Because when I don't have Christ as an object, do I really ha- am I really objective or am I more subjective? Subjective. I can make, in a sub- very subjective way, without the object of Christ, to be my good emotions and make that be my Christian experience. When who, is, who is my one object? And again, objectivity simply means this that I live by a source that's outside of self. <laughs> that whole self life, the whole thing of it, all of it. I live by an object outside of myself. If I don't, then I live very subjectively. There's a lot of subjective teaching out there, a lot of in the holiness movements and all these things, they make it. And they completely, you'll notice, truthfully, they even reduce the Holy Spirit down to their experience. That's what happens. You hardly hear anything about Christ, His finished work, who He is, and what He's accomplished. Now it's all the Holy Spirit. But is it isn't the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit, the one thing, now that we're born again, James, uh, John, three, three through five. Now that we're born again, now that we've been sealed, as we have said in Second Corinthians one twenty-two and Second Corinthians five five and Ephesians one thirteen. Now that we've been already regenerated, in Titus three five and all these things happen based upon the fact that we've received Christ. Now the Holy Spirit resides in us. His one function now is to, to make clear to us the things that are of Christ, the mind of truth. The mind of truth. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's not a feeling. He's not. He's not my experience. If I have a proper one, isn't it my object, Christ? Isn't it? Yes. We have the sun. We have the sun. And in in the nighttime, the moon is lit up. But is it lit up of itself? It just reflects the light of the sun. And in this way, this is who we are. And again, no matter matter what the experience is, and believe me, part of our experience is Romans 7. Some will teach that you have to go through that, but that's it. Once you go through it, it's over. Did you know that? It's never over. Never, ever, ever over. Never. Never based upon Galatians chapter 5 and verse 17. It's never over. Then you have those that teach perfectionism. It's over. You're completely complete. It's done and it's over and that's it. But in both of these cases, in both of these cases, it's just self that has the large place in the place of Christ in that particular person's affections or, or emotions and they think that's the mind of truth. In each way, in each way, in each way, self-appears in both of these cases. Self, and what it does is it does away with, the, with this. This is what it does away with when we don't function in the mind of truth. It does away with the blessedness and beauty of Christ himself. That's why he said in Luke 19, 13, Occupy till I come. With who? Who is our occupation? Our occupation is Christ. He is our life, Colossians 3, verse 4. He is our life in 1 John 5, verse 11. And he's given us the eternity of his mind, which has to do with proper thinking. Meaning, I can think just like God does. I'll never come to the end of it and not know it completely like he does. But I can think, I can think how God thinks about his son, and he loves him. And when I do, he loves me and his son. And it's not left up to my emotions, because whether I feel like God loves me or not, it's stated very crystal clear that he does love us. The proof is he sent his son, and we receive that gift in John 3 and verse 16 and 1 John 4.10. And again, in 1 John 4.10, here in his love, here in his love, not that we loved him, but that he loved us. See, love is not a feeling. It's not. I can have joy from being love, but love is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It isn't. It's a decision of the will. That's right. That's exactly what it is. So that blessedness and beauty of Christ is lost and doesn't appear anywhere in the self-life. Now, the fact of the matter is, it is what Christ affects and produces in us, not what Christ is. We don't make him what he should be in our lives. No. Because, and and if I understand it in the experiential sense then, that means my emotions or my experience become the teacher. What happens when they're bad? What happens when I'm lonely or I have fear? Does that change the full thought of God and his love for me? Does it change it one single bit? And what the person of Christ, who the person of Christ is and what he's accomplished? It doesn't change a single thing. It doesn't change one single thing. Matter of fact, none of us will ever, ever, on this side of eternity on the earth, ever get outside of, John, of Romans, the seventh chapter. We're going to continually learn. Continually learn. But the holiness movement in, in those will teach you that you have based upon their feelings and their emotions. So, and again, here, that's what it says. That's why it says this, even in First John 2, 12-14, that the fathers in Christ, what does it say about the fathers in Christ? That you have known him that is from the beginning. Now what is the most important thing about us? And we've stated this before in years past. The most important thing about us is that God knows us. That has to do with the mind of truth. Christ himself. That's what that has to do with. The most important thing about us is that God knows us in the perfection of the love of his Son. He does. And when we live... And that, when we have that type of a conscience through self-consciousness, which eliminates the self-life, in Hebrews 10, 1 and 2, what do we have? That we are loved just like Jesus was loved. That's brought out in Jesus' high priestly prayer. I'll read it to you in John 17 and verse 23. It's brought out very clearly. Now, is that based upon my emotions? My experience? Or is that a stated, unchangeable, immutable fact in the mind of Christ, is that? Well, this is what it says in John 17 and and verse 23. It says this. I in them, that's us, Christ in us, "and, and you in me, that's the Father in Christ, God in Christ, that they may be made complete, word perfect, complete in one. And that the world may know that that you has sent me and has loved them, listen to this, has loved them as you have loved me. To think that when we have when we have a cleansed conscience, and again, in Hebrews 10, 1 and 2, not a defiled one, in Titus 1 and verse 15, the B part, that we are loved just as Jesus was loved, knowing the love of Christ as we grow in it, which passes knowledge, which means in Ephesians 3 and verse 19, we're never going to come to the end of that love that he loves us with. And and that's a wonderful thing. And so it is great to be occupied with Christ, to be occupied with him. is a wonderful and a tremendous thing. (coughs) To be functioning in the unsearchable, meaning you'll never come to the end of it, fullness of Christ. You know what that means? The unsearchable fullness of Christ is not based upon our emotions or our experience. It's based upon the mind, settled, immutable, unchangeable mind of Christ. And it's clearly that. It's very, very clearly that. And so, again, we understand that again in Colossians 3 as we read in Colossians 3, 1 through 4. We are risen. We are risen. Was it our emotions, good or bad, bad that rose us to that particular place? Or was it a stated fact in the mind of God in the, through, through Christ the Word? And that is clearly what the Bible teaches us. And so when we're not occupied with Christ, the only thing that we as believers in Christ can, can be occupied with is self. And is any part of Christ involved in self? Not one single bit. But I can make those experiences to be about myself and replace Christ and replace him. Experiencially, of course, never positionally, but that can be that. So we are to be occupied with him because this is an amazing thing. This is what brings out John in John chapter 3. And verse 27, it says, Can a man receive anything except to come from heaven? Before I ever felt a thing, was it mine? Before I experienced Christ, the moment that I received him, before I even experienced him, was he mine and everything that he accomplished for me? Was it based upon my emotions, my experiences? Was it based upon the mind of truth, Christ himself? And this is very, 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 very important. And, and we are not to make... It is good to have fellowship with Christ in 1 John 1, 1 through 3 and have it together in the 4th verse, but fellowship with Christ. We don't make fellowship with Christ based upon our experience of that truth. <laughs> okay, It's the mind of truth. And, and if I have the mind of truth, the initiation of the mind of Christ, then I have proper emotions. But those can change in a moment. That's why it even says, the fruit of the Spirit, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, and the reason it says it's the fruit of the Spirit again, it's the Holy Spirit who takes those, and it, He has to be the one that takes those things of Christ and shows them unto us. That's why we teach the only theologian and scholar is, is God the Holy Spirit. Period. And he takes the written word makes it a life-giving force in us. And so, again, we know very, very, very clearly there in the Scriptures that the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. Love. Now, love. Does that change? Does God change his mind about his love that he loves us with in Christ? He doesn't change his mind. He is unchangeable and he is immutable, which means you don't... Add your emotions to truth. (laughs) Immutable. He's immutable. Unchangeable. And that is love. And that's the cause. Then, a proper effect can be joy. But is my joy always the same? It's up and down. But you know what we have? We have peace. We have settled peace with God. And that peace that is ours in Christ, in Ephesians 2 and verse 14, won by him for us in propitiation to the Father, then becoming our substitute and reconciling us to that very mind to bring us into a proper relationship with Christ is based upon the mind of truth and not the emotions. Because that peace in Colossians 1.20 was won for you and I in Christ and made us more, in Romans 8.37, more than conquerors much more than conquerors. He doesn't leave it up to our emotions, how we feel, to make, to conquer something so we can believe it. (laughs) Faith has nothing to do with feelings. Matter of fact, we've said before, if it were left up to us, how we felt, emotions, would anything ever truly get done properly? Never. Okay? So faith means, faith means I function In the mind of Christ, which is the Word, that never changes. okay, Never, ever, ever, ever changes. So faith simply means this. Faith doesn't mean I have to feel right before I agree or do truth or receive it. Faith means even if I don't feel like it, it's still true and I submit to it. And when I do, it'll do away with the bad experiences, the bad emotions, because I have the mind of truth. This is very, very important, very, truly, very, very important. Now, as we wrap this up this morning, if we, as we wrap this up, we need to live. and this is what it says here as we begin to close this in 1 Corinthians the 11th chapter, and we can see the process of God, how He does this, and, and he does leave it up to us, hopefully, hopefully, we enter into the middle voice of grace meaning it was passive, we didn't deserve it, but I receive it, now I can function in it. That's the middle voice. And when I do, when I do, <coughs> I function in the mind of truth that I have proper emotions. Now, here is 1 Corinthians 11, verse 31. For if you would judge what? The self-life. Are we to judge the self-life? Yes, based upon what? Emotions? Or the written word, which is the mind of truth that never changes. We would not be judged. We wouldn't have. Ba- we would not have bad judgment. Okay, but for us. But when we are judged, in other words, when God is in control, when we aren't and or refuse to be or are ignorant of it, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Do you understand that? So when God chastens us, that's why the Bible teaches us that it is his love, and many, many, many times it's the first step of grace. It's his prevenient grace, which is based upon his anticipative love. And so, again, that's why we can rest in God's plan for us here on this earth, because it was finished in eternity. Notice that? It was finished in eternity. So, But we are chastened of the Lord. Why? <laughs> because God chastens us. Because what is it then that could condemn us? If there's no condemnation and opposition in Christ in Romans 8.1, then what could be the thing that could condemn us? Would it be God? Would it be Christ? No. But could it be emotions? Because I felt good about this truth today. But tomorrow I don't. And I can be condemned because my emotions <laughs> are not living up to the good that I felt yesterday. Do you see this? Do we see how important this is? Do we see? And it's very, very important. I may desire to fellowship with everybody. And I may, and, and we may have opportunities to do so. But there won't be any missing in that sense of, a, of an experience that some had in one particular area. And to think that God is not in other areas doing exactly what only he can do, it's just an emotional thing. It's just an emotional response. And we need to be very careful about that. Remember, love is not an emotion. We need to remember that. I want to express my love for you through my emotions. That's why I say, listen, and I mean it. I am all for hugs. I mean it. I really truly am. I am. I'm all for those things. And having right emotions. Okay? But what happens when I don't have those? Do I still have the mind of truth? I still do. You need to be very careful. And we're all growing in this sense. All of us. We are all growing. Always in this sense. But we need to have. Live in this. a self. We need to live in self-judgment. We know. Huh. Bad emotions, not Christ. Good ones, that's going to determine who I am? uh, am My good emotions, the determination of who I am? Or was it the mind of Christ? Is it the mind of Christ that gave that initiation? So I can stop having the initiation of the mind of Christ through right preaching and teaching, or not not getting it like I should. Not getting the preaching and teaching, even in a local assembly, that I should get, and I just don't get. And I miss it. Then what are we left up to? You ever, you ever th- hear the truth? You ever thought that someone had an emotional problem? You know, some attribute and say, you know, in, in a way that they don't think clearly, and maybe some of us have, that women have such emotional problems. Yeah, men don't. No, there's no such thing as an emotional problem. It's a thought problem because emotions can't think. I'm going to make that clear. Emotions cannot think. They can only respond to the initiation of the mind of Christ. So maybe the truth was taught and there was tremendous fellowship and a great emotional response. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's true. But if I'm in a particular place, do I miss and I'm not there? Do I miss that? <laughs> do I miss, is that emotional response something I'm to look at and feel like I'm not getting and missing it? We need to be very careful what we initiate. And we can do it very, very, very sincerely, but not thinking properly with truth. We can do that. But we need to live in a self-judgment. Yes. But it's not a reflective sense of our own so-called perfectness. Because there's a lot of that teaching out there, perfectionism. We're perfect. We don't need anything anymore. (laughs) Some have taught, and I heard it said to me, yeah, and and some said, even when I was teaching this at one particular point, in, in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, it says this, when we see in, in Ephesians the fourth chapter in verse thirteen it says, "Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a complete man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ and I was teaching that something that we need constantly and and, and an individual said who thought he was very well taught said to me, No, we don't need it anymore because we reached it here in four and verse thirteen till we all come. He thought he came to all that he needed to know about the book of Ephesians. He didn't think he needed any more. Was that the mind of truth or the emotions? It was his feelings. Now, that could be true about all of us. That can be. But my feelings, my emotions, good or bad, do not indicate the truth about who I am in the settled mind of Christ and my own individuality. Never. And again, this is not a reflective sense. <laughs> right? Yeah, the moon, the moon functions in its own reflection of its own light. Does it? No. The sun. It's a constant thing. It's a constant receiving. It's a constant receiving. Christ is the power. We know this. In 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 24, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God and he's the one that keeps us. Again, in 1 Peter 1, 5, with Proverbs 4 and verse 23 and Proverbs 23 and verse 7, we are kept by the power of God. What is the power of God? It's Christ. Who is Christ? Is he the mind of the fullness of the grace and truth that Christ, that God is? In all, and that, that triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Absolutely. That's what we have for us. Christ has the power to continue to make us complete experientially based upon the fact that we are already complete in Him and we were completed in it completely apart from our emotions or experience. Completely apart from it. And plus, as we grow in it, we grow in the holiness of the light of that nature that we are. We are, we can, we, we, that, that, that of which we are. Now, none of us, no attain, this is important too, for those that teach the, the feelings and the emotions and make the Holy Spirit to even be their good emotions. Boy, that's, that's a frightening thing to me. That could happen to any of us too. But no attained state in growth can possibly have the completeness which is in Christ alone. That's why it says in Ephesians 3.19, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. We will never be, in that sense, his equal. That's why the Bible teaches us, we're never called children of love, we're children of light. God is love, and that's something we constantly need and something that in heaven, without disturbance or distraction, we will constantly experience, but yet never come to the end of. Because that's who Christ is. And he's not, we are not to reduce him down to what? Our emotions, our experiences. And then to teach that, like that's something to be attained, which can never be. Because again, again, no attained state can ever reach the completeness which is in Christ himself alone. None, nor any so-called perfecting influence and thinking that as he is in his fullness, so am I, meaning I come to the end of understanding that, receiving the mind of truth in it, that my emotions tell me I have it and that's it. Now you can have it. A lot of this has to do with the holiness movement, a lot of it. They make more of the Holy Spirit than they do of Christ. And they're not even making anything near enough of the Holy Spirit. They make their feelings to be the equal of who God is. And so, when I think that I've arrived and I am just like him, what am I thinking of? Self. I'm thinking of self. And that, what does does that do? That bad teaching that bad teaching falsifies and perverts even the truth of being delivered. What delivered us? How many even know the, sim- the simplicity of deliverance? What delivered us? Romans 6, 1-6. through It's the death of Jesus Christ. That's what delivered us into the life that he is now, that he rose out of. That's why the Bible teaches us that Christ not only died for us, but he died as us. That's Galatians 2.20. Very, very clearly. That's Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but the grace of God that lives in me. And this life that I now live by faith, complete, constant dependence, and faith is what? Emotions? It's complete dependence on the mind of truth. It's complete dependence. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I. Emotions, experience. But Christ lives in me, constantly in growth. In the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If this isn't the truth, if it isn't, in Galatians 2.21, then Christ died for nothing. Very, very clearly. Very, very clearly. So, but they'll teach... They'll teach that, that this deliverance through the emotions and through the summation of what their, their experience is. But it's not the truth of deliverance, and it's not the truth of the, of the deliverance that is ours in Christ that's revealed in the scriptures, as we said, in Romans 6 1 through 6. And then bring it right down to the end of that. And to understand Romans, the sixth chapter, first you have to understand Romans, the fifth chapter. It's all grace. Then understanding where that should be in you. And then, Romans 7, how it's going to be worked in you. <laughs> and some think that they, they got promoted completely and are never again in Romans, the seventh chapter. Whew. Well, how about the greatest teacher in human form by the power of the Holy Spirit taking the things of Christ through the Apostle Paul and showing them unto us at the end of his life? He's approximately 65 years of age. And he says, I want to know him. <laughs> I want to know him. Based upon his feelings? What would his feelings, what would Paul's feelings tell him? Well, in the greatest sense, you're in Christ. In the bad sense, you know you know what you did. You know what you did. You, 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 you hurt many people that were Christ prior to that. Prior to that. But he said that in Philippians 4.11, I have learned to be content in whatsoever state. In the state, there's the experience. See, the standing is the position. The state is the experience. That's the thing the enemy goes after, and he goes after it with what kind of teaching? The mind of truth? The mind of Christ? Even feelings, and feelings interpreting truth can be good one day and then what the next can be bad the next we're not that thank God we're not that at all thank you Lord for that truth and so again this deliverance that we have and that's ours in Christ is surely by faith dependence as we grow in it his ways are far above our ways and will be for all eternity in, in Isaiah 55 8 through 11 And read 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3. Read that. Knowledge puffs up. How would knowledge puff us up? Through making making my experience to be the equal that truth is in Christ. How dangerous would that be? How bad and how dangerous is that? Not very, very good at all. Not very, very good at all. But again, thank God, thank God that we do have that. We do have that. Again, remember, in our growth and in each area, we never get out of Romans 7. Never get out of it. Ever get out. Do we ever get out of Romans 7 if if we haven't been in it? (laughs) Does it make sense? You have to be in it to see what you and I can't do. Is that a continual growth? It is. It's a continual deliverance experientially. Romans 7, 24, the only experience that can be when my emotions are not the equal of the truth is, oh, wretched man that I am. That's a believer in a bad experience and a wrong experience who goes back to the law thinking they can do something, thinking that they must do something that Christ has already finished. You leave him out. You and I, would leave him out in that sense. None ever gets out of Romans 7 who had not been in it first. (laughs) There must be self-knowledge. That of which we're not. There there must be self-knowledge. And that's what's found in Romans 7. He's always teaching us. Self-interpretation of the mind of truth through what? Experience and emotions. Emotions experience and emotions. And always, in that case, what are we found under the law? Is the law just the Ten Commandments there? No. It's the law of the Spirit of life of Christ Jesus that's made us free from the law of what? Sin and death. That's the law that we've been freed from. But all of this... Deliverance, even remember as we close in Romans 7, 24, he said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? He didn't say, oh, wretched man that I am, I've got to get my emotions to be equal to the truth. He didn't say, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to help me? He said, oh, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me out of this body of death? Has that already happened positionally for us? Is my experience the equal of it? Or is it up and down? No, the fact of the matter is that's what it is. Deliverance, finally that man sees it like we all in our growth. In Romans 7 and verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. He said, I thank God. And so the fact of the matter is what is that still teaching there? Experience. Experience, but what's it based upon? Truth. Truth. It's based upon truth. So we know that grace, divine grace, sets us free when we know we are bound in bondage and have no power. But just to think, to make my emotions and my experiences to be the power that I have in myself is very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Thank God we've been delivered once and for all in Hebrew, once in Hebrews 10.10, and it's perfected us, completed us, in Hebrews 10 and verse 14, forever. And that has to do with the mind of truth and not the emotions. And if I have good emotions, it's because I have good truth. There's no such thing as an emotional problem. It's a thought problem. I'm constantly thinking through the mind of Christ. Father, we thank you so much for your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.